Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 5th of December 2021. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Alex spoke on the return of the king. The reading is Matthew chapter 24 verses 1 to 31. So we'll go and join Mark as he's introducing the service. Welcome to everyone who's here, if you're new or you come week after week after week. Now, I'm going to do one of these wonderful things. So I don't, and the furthest you've come to come from church, church today. So who's come from Minehead? Brilliant. Who's come from Porlock? Okay, who's come from the USA? Right? Yes, two people. <laughs> Welcome. Okay. Welcome to Minehead Baptist Church. It's really good to see you here. I have got, I'm afraid to say, a load of notices. I will be as quick as I can, but they're actually quite important. So let me find my notes, because I had to write them all down. Okay, I'm going to start in no particular order, as they say on Strictly Come Dancing. Okay, okay, coffee rotor. Okay, we've got a coffee rotor, and it's covered for the five Sundays. But we've only got two people on each of the Sundays normally. So if anyone else could help out with coffee, because as you can imagine, two people serving leaves no one else in the kitchen washing up. So if you would like to be part of that coffee rotor, please just put your name straight onto the rotor that's just in the hallway out there. Don't need to ask anyone or talk to anyone. Just put your name down on the rotor to help out. That would be brilliant. Okay, that's my most important one. Okay, um, we're we're in COVID times, we know that. Uh, We've had no new guidelines from the Baptist Union. Nothing has changed apart from saying there are no different guidelines from what we're doing. So we're still coming into church without masks if you want to. If you prefer to wear masks, please carry on. Okay, but there's no other guidelines at the moment. But as soon as other guidelines come in, we will, as a church, be following the BU guidelines. That just makes it simpler for us and very clear for everyone else. And then with airflow and things over the winter period, as you can imagine, we're supposed to have doors and everything open. During November, December, January and February, that's going to be a bit cold. So what we've decided to do is we're going to keep that door closed there and that door will be, uh, will be open there, okay, and the windows will be open just to keep an airflow coming through. If you find that a little bit cold, all right, with cold, just reposition yourself in a different part of the church. That's all I'm going to ask because it's just, we're just trying to follow those guidelines the best we can and keep everyone safe. Okay, da, 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 da. Okay, film night. Who's excited for film night on Friday? Yes. Well, at the moment, I've got six people coming, okay? Because I said, if you could let me know if you're coming, that would be really important. I know people have said, oh, we're going to come, but if you can let me know, because otherwise you won't get a Jackie Potato. It's as simple as that, so I know how many Jackie Potatoes to put in. No, we don't. Good question, though. Right, what we're going to do, we'll have four or five films, okay, and when you come, we're going to vote, okay, and then the one that's most popular will be the one that we watch. There's a few reasons for that. One is, I haven't made my mind up yet, okay, and, but the other one is mainly, if I say what film we're going to watch, 
Some people go, oh, I don't like that, and don't come. And some people go, oh, I've seen it, and don't come. All right? So if I don't tell you what it is, you all come anyway, and we just have fellowship. All right? Which is what it's about. Okay? So if you would like to come to film, I've got the list outside. Please let me know, and then I can put um, down your names. Right, next one. Okay. This is for, it, it, it's for the, a Gideon notice. I've not had all the main details of this. I had an email come through just saying um, that Mary Roberts is looking at doing, have you got a notice for that? Can I grab that and I'll, can I just grab it and say it? Is that possible? Just so I get the right information. Is that possible? I'll do the best I can. All right. All right. Okay, here we go. You will have heard of the Gideons, which has always been known as an association for businessmen. Exciting things are happening nationally and internationally. A, few, a new international focus to Europe is underway, where folk are hungry for God's word. Absolutely. 100,000 Bibles are about to be shipped to Cuba, and during lockdown, our work in prisons has been encouraging, with many turning to our Lord through Jesus Christ, through reading the Bible. I will acknowledge that one. I love my Bible. Badged New Testaments and Psalms are given to armed forces, major football teams, scouts, etc., and even our own church group of Girls Brigade. Membership has now been extended to men and women who are committed Christians, and the name has changed to Good News for Everyone. If you would like to know more, you are invited to spend an evening with us, okay, on Friday the 10th of December at 7 o'clock at Four Spring Gardens to speak to Julian, Joe or Mary. Okay, that's, so the big date for that is the 10th of December, right? which is the film night. Oh, you've got a choice to do now. Oh, my goodness. Okay? So, if you want to watch a Christmas movie, all right, come to church. If you want to be holy and spread God's word, okay, all right, go to Four Spring Gardens. You have got a choice, all right? You won't be looked down upon in any way if you come to the film night, okay? Okay? All right, thank you for that. And then I just want to pray because over the yesterday I had an email um, actually a phone call from um, Millie and Millie's auntie passed away yesterday and it was a real shock to Millie a real shock it wasn't expected and she was really quite broken up could we pray for Millie and for the rest of the family and for Tracy who's passed away let's just pray Lord, we, we bring Tracy, who is probably sitting with you now, who is with her Saviour, and we thank you for that. But Lord, we pray for the family who are left behind. We pray for their emotions. We pray for, you, pray for the sorrow that they're feeling, the grief that they're feeling. We lift them, Lord, to you. Be with them. Show them the joy of her life. Help them to have good memories. Help them to come to you and speak and listen and be comforted. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Okay. So. Good morning, everybody. 
I want to see who's got anything sparkly on today. I can see one in the front here. And I saw Gemma at the back's got something sparkly on. I couldn't find anything in my wardrobe, so I think I feel a shopping trip coming on. Oh, I can see... Uh, what, what have you got on down there? Oh, that's lovely. And you've got a red nose on your one, haven't you? <laughs> oh, not long to Christmas. <laughs> you want to stand and we're going to sing together. O come, O come, Emmanuel. seated. Okay, we're going to light uh, Advent candles, and I've got Beverly who's going to come and light them for us. And our second candle is for joy. Who's feeling joyful? Yes. All right. Who's looking forward to Christmas? Yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> Go on, Beverly. So our first candle was for hope. Our second candle is for joy. Okay? The joy that Jesus Christ is coming. Thank you, Beverly. But let's not forget, he came over 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ is here now. Okay? He died and rose again. So let's be joyful about that as well. Christmas is coming. You can tell that. Look around the church. Can you see the decorations? You can tell. We can tell it's Christmas... Because of all the TV commercials. Who's watched the John Lewis one this year? No? Is it not as good as last year's? Right. No, it's not, is it? No, it's not. What about the Marks and Spencers one? We can tell that it's Christmas. But 2,000 years ago, there was no TV. There were no commercials. Right. How on earth did they know that the Saviour was going to be born? Go on then, Ollie. How did they know? Well, angel told Mary, you're right there. But before that, they were told by prophets. The prophets foretold that the Saviour was going to be coming. Many people had been looking forward to the coming of the Saviour. But they didn't know when. When's Christmas coming this year? You don't know? Come on, when's Christmas coming? When's it coming? Pardon? The 25th, well done, Fionn. The 25th, it comes the same day every year. Okay? The 25th of December. We're in the season of Advent, which means coming, the coming of something very important. It's a period of when we look forward to the celebration of Jesus' birth. We'll also look forward, so don't forget this, Jesus has come. Jesus has died, Jesus is risen. We celebrate that every year. But Jesus is coming back. Mm -hmm. So it's a time when we celebrate that as well. 
because Jesus promised to come again and we look forward to it just as people 2,000 years ago looked forward to the saviour being born no one knows when Jesus is coming again and I wish I had that t-shirt that said look busy Jesus is coming okay you've got it Julian's got it because no one knows when he's coming again it isn't marked on a calendar there's not a date in 2023 or something like that but we're watching and waiting expectantly and as we prepare to celebrate the birthday of our saviour let's also prepare ourselves for his return let's listen let's talk to him and let's read his word and worship him let's pray we thank you for Christmas we thank you Lord for Jesus we thank you for the joy that comes into the world we thank you for the joy of Christmas time people seem happier we thank you for that but Lord we thank you for the promise that you will come again as our Lord and Saviour and we thank you Lord Amen. Okay, so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to sing another song called The Light of the World. And then we're all going to stay in, all the youngsters, we're going to stay in for communion. And then when communion's over, um, Sue's going to pray for us and we're going to leave, go to Firestarters to get ready for our Christmas nativity play in a few weeks. Okay, so let's sing. that song very very appropriate as we come to communion I'll never know how much it cost we'll never fully understand will we the cost that was paid and in the very simple way as we take bread and we take of the wine this morning that is so simple and so easy but it represents such a tremendous cost as Mark's already mentioned all the children are staying in this morning and I know people have different ideas Parents, it's up to you whether the children take communion or not. Uh, that's entirely the parents' decision. Um, when our children were growing up, they didn't take it until they were older. Others let their children take it very young. That's entirely a family decision. But everyone's staying in that we can think together. You've got to be very, very young not to be able to think about the fact that Jesus came to be your saviour and came for you. And so we're going to take communion very simply again this morning, reading the very, very well-known words from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, 
Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. And so we have a few moments of silence as we can just consider our own lives before the Lord. And as I know I have said before, if you're feeling guilty about something, it doesn't mean to say you shouldn't take communion. That means you should confess it and deal with it before the Lord before you take communion. Because no matter what you've done, if you confess it to him now, he will forgive you. So let's just spend these few moments in silence. Lord, none of us can look into our own hearts and lives and look at anything close to perfection. But we thank you that through Jesus we can know we have been forgiven. We have been purified. We thank you for the very body of Jesus given for us and the blood of Jesus shed for us. We thank you for this simple manner in which we can just take this bread and remember Your word tells us that as we take the bread, it's a participation in the body. Lord, we are are part of your body. So this morning we say thank you for the bread. Thank you for this unity that we have with you and with one another. Amen. The service come forward. I want to suggest this morning that you hold the bread until everyone's been served. Hold the bread until everyone's been served. We are all part of the one loaf. We're all part of the one body. Please hold on to the bread until we've all been served. In this simple piece of bread, we remember the body of the Lord that was given for us. And also we are reminded that we all partake of the one loaf and that we all are united in him. Thank you, Lord, that your body was given for us. Amen. Amen. The scripture tells us that without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin. But aren't we so thankful that once and for all blood was shed. No more lambs, no more goats, no more doves, no more bulls. The Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. And in this we remember the blood that was shed for us. Please just take and drink as soon as you're ready.
So Lord, we just thank you for this very, very simple act. So simple. Yet what it relates to is so profound. We thank you that Jesus was the sacrifice once and for all. We thank you Jesus was and is the Lamb of God taking away the sin of the world. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. We just thank you, Father, now that as the children go out to fire starters, Holy Spirit, just come upon them, Lord. And Father, may they, as they go through their nativity and as they learn more about you, we pray, Father God, that your hand would be upon them and that you would teach them something about yourself, that as they grow up, they will learn to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. having that time I felt as if God wanted to say to more than one person here I hear your heart I don't know who that matters to but I'm sure it matters to one or two people here this morning God says to you this morning I hear your heart thank you Jesus thank you Jesus amen thank you Lord bless you Lord take your seats we're going to just read from God's word and the reading is taken from Matthew chapter 24 reading verse from verses 1 to 31 Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings Do you see all these things, he asked? Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many would turn away from the faith and would betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or in the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, those days would be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform many great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you in advance. So if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the desert, do not go out. Or here he is, in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the earth, from the east, is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs become tender and the leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away, until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Amen. I think I was getting carried away with reading it. I'm getting excited. <laughs> you just went two or three verses further than we were expecting. Some of what's in there, in many parts of the world, is already happening. So before we turn to the scriptures, we just want to pray for a minute or two. Lord, we come before you and realize, Lord, that some of the terrible things to do with persecution, the terrible things to do with what's happening with the weather and all these kind of things, in many parts of the world, these things are happening right now. And Lord, we come and we pray. We pray for every organization seeking to help and relieve and to bless we seek to seek for everyone who's seeking to spread your word. We pray for everyone, Lord, who is standing firm in the midst of terrible circumstances. Help them to stand firm for you, to know your strength and blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When we were given this section of scriptures for today, I'm speaking this morning, Mark is speaking this afternoon. I hope quite a lot of you would come back last chance for church at four for two or three weeks Mark is speaking and Mark said to me 
Today's candles for joy. Not a lot of joy here, is there? <laughs> um, some preachers preach from a text. Some preachers will stand up and they say, my text for today is Isaiah chapter so-and-so, verse so-and-so, or it's whatever. I'm going to preach today from a text. Well, you won't find it in the Bible. If I'm not even sure what book you'll find it in. But I want to base what I have to say on this saying, and I've mentioned it to one or two people already. I'm sure most of you will have heard it. Two men looked out through prison bars. You know what's coming? One saw mud, the other saw stars. And when you look into this section of scripture, if you keep your eyes down, there's a heck of a lot of mud. And I'm going to look at it. Because if Jesus told us about it, we're meant to look at it. But then, at the end, when you look up, you don't just see stars, you see the light of the world. So bear with me, because when I get probably just over halfway through what I'm saying, I won't have cheered you up. Because it is not cheerful reading. But it's realistic. Jesus is telling people what is coming. And as I say, in some countries it's already coming, it's already happening. And I do believe there's worse to come. I think the scripture is clear, there's worse to come. And it will be far more widespread. You're feeling cheerful already, aren't you? Well, what is? The future is going to get worse. I believe the scripture is clear and I believe Jesus makes it clear in this passage. In the short term, he's talking about the downfall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple. But he goes on about the end days and him coming again. He's talking about these things. And I just want to mention there's three things here, three ways in which things are going to get worse. Verse 7 Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. The 1914-18 war was horrendous and was said to be the war to end all wars. Well, it wasn't, was it? In fact, we know it wasn't all that long before there was another horrendous world war. And who knows how many more wars there are coming now. Even at the moment, the Russians are building up their forces in a certain area and there's negotiations going on. I believe President Biden's going to talk to Putin this week and they're trying to calm things down. But will there be another great war? I don't know. But the Lord says there will be wars and rumours of wars. And we know what it means, nation against nation. But it also says kingdom against kingdom. What's the difference? But if you go in the Old Testament, particularly, and look at the kingdoms, there would be three kings fighting on one side, and Abraham goes out with a small group of people and defeats the lot of them. Kingdoms sometimes were very, very small. A kingdom can be a clan. A kingdom can be a gang. The amount of gang warfare that's going on, that is kingdom against kingdom. The amount of internal warfare that's going on in some countries, that's kingdom against kingdom. 
You think what's going on in the moment in Yemen. You think what's been going on in parts of, uh, shall we say, northern Nigeria. You think what's been going on in Haiti, where these people have been kidnapped with the gangs. What's all going on there? And it's increasing. Kingdom against kingdom. This little group that's led by this man, and this little group that's led by that sheikh or ayatollah, and this gang leader, it's kingdom against kingdom. And if I understand my Bible right, it ain't going to get better. That doesn't mean we shouldn't work for peace. It doesn't mean we should pray for peace because we can reduce it, I believe, through prayer. But the Lord says there will be wars and rumours of wars and there will be kingdom against kingdom. And it's not going to finish until he comes again. South Sudan. South Sudan was formed because the southern part of Sudan was mainly Christian and the northern part was Muslim and the Christians broke away. And there has been such tremendous internal warfare in Sudan, South Sudan, that hundreds of thousands, in fact millions of people have fled the country to escape the war. That's what it's like in many parts of the world. doesn't get much better. Verse 7, there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginnings of birth pains. There will be famines and earthquakes. We know there have been many earthquakes in recent years. Famines, what causes famines? Drought, flood, storm, war. Most famines are caused by so-called natural disaster. I was reading yesterday in a prayer letter that we have from Operation Mobilisation. It is believed that this year 30 million people have been driven from their homes and many from their areas, even their countries, through natural disasters. I don't know how many people have been driven from their homes because of war and internal conflict, but it is estimated that at least 30 million people have had to leave their homes and in many cases leave their area because it's no longer possible to grow food there. It's no longer possible to live there because the floodwaters are growing. 30 million, we just try to think of that kind of figure. That's people who are being driven out of their homes and in many cases being driven out of their areas because of so-called natural disasters. And what's causing it? Global warming. I used to be one of the sceptics, but I'm not any longer. Global warming is happening. Take it 20 years ago, I think it was understandable to be a bit sceptical. Global warming is happening. And the reality is that with all of the efforts that the scientists are making and the politicians are making, they are saying we cannot stop it. All they're saying is we'll try and keep it down to a, you know, a, a bit lower level. The, the amount of terrible things that are happening because of global warming and because of earthquakes are not going to get better, folks. We may be able to be careful, we may be able to be careful and things not advance as much as quickly as they might do, but we cannot stop the advance of these things. 
as the Lord's people, we should be concerned about the world. We are guardians. We are the people who are told to look after the world. But you see, some people think we're going to save the world. Can I just say, not a hope. We cannot save the world. Let me read a few verses from Hebrews chapter 1, from verse 10. In the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. This is it. He says, the, you laid the foundations of the earth. We believe in the creator. You put the heavens in place. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment, but you remain the same. It says you will roll them up like a robe, like a garment they will be changed, but you remain the same in your years forever. This world as we know it is coming to an end. There's going to be a new creation, a new heaven, a new earth, a new creation. We cannot save this one. We ought to look after it. I mean, I think it's only about a second or third time I've had this, worn this shirt, and I ought to look after it. But I shan't have it forever. I look after it because I don't know how long it will be before I get the next one. And we ought to look after this world because we don't know how long it will be before we get the next one. But we are going to get the next one. This one is going. There's a new creation to become that we shall be in and enjoy forever. So wars are going to get worse. Natural tragedies are going to get worse. Further on, verses 9 to 11, in fact 9 to 14, then you, as you're talking to the Christians, <coughs> you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. You will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. What's it say about persecution? You'll be hated by all nations. It's happening in many, many countries. We know that. We were hearing about that last week when we were looking at open doors. But it says of all nations... There's a time coming when there's going to be a lot of hatred towards Christians in this country. There's some already. Some of, the, some of our young people who are going to university are finding hatred at university. You'll be hated of all nations. Persecution will increase. You'll be hated by all nations because of me. Many false prophets will appear and the, the love of many will grow cold. I was talking to Paul about it, Paul, our pastor this week, about these things. And he was saying that it is so easy for us in the Christian West to assume the great tribulation. Because we'll be taken out before then. We don't think it's that sort of thing going to happen. We don't want it to happen, do we? He said, the vast majority of Christians in the other, other parts of the world... They believe in the great tribulation and Christians going through it because they're getting a taste of it already. They're already getting a taste of it. 
It's not very happy reading in many ways. However, however, in the midst of all this persecution, in the midst of all this, do you know what's going to happen? Despite the fact that things will get worse, despite the fact that there's so much that's going to go on that's going to be awful, this is what John saw in Revelation. This is chapter 7, verse 9. I looked... And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our Lord who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Don't forget, this is people, a vast number of all nations and tribes. One of the elders asked me, those in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. At the very time which things get more intensely awful in this world, the gospel will be successful in every tribe and nation. At the same time as many people turn back from their faith and to grow cold, a countless number will be coming to Christ. At the worst of times in the future, the church will rapidly grow. They're not two opposite things. That's why there's mud here. This is awful. This is terrible. This is te- awful. But in the midst of what's awful... The gospel is going to be effectively spread to every tribe and nation and there will be a huge number that no one could number who will be rejoicing at the end of it with the Lord. The pessimism turns to, is optimism the right word? No, realism. This isn't pessimism, it's realism. It's not optimism, it's realism. This is the word of God, this is what Jesus said was going to happen. There will be this vast number. There's bits of this reading I would struggle with. What's it talk? What's it mean about this desolation in the place? I'll leave that to people who've been to Bible college and got degrees and all the rest of it. Have a go at that. I've read things and they don't all agree with each other. So um, I'll leave that. But let's go on. How bad are things going to get? How bad are things going to get? Verse 22, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of elect, those days will be shortened. Things are going to get so bad that if God didn't intervene, the whole of humanity would be wiped out. That's how bad it's going to get. I told you I was going to look at the mud. You're all feeling cheery now, aren't you? Yes, that's how bad it's going to get. But hallelujah, 
We read a bit further than that. At that time, verse 32, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They'll mourn because they have rejected him and have turned from him and have even persecuted his people. They will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Then he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. The Lord is coming again and he will gather all his people to be with himself. And as it says in another place in scripture, and so shall we be forever with the Lord. It's there in, it's there in um, 1 Thessalonians, isn't it? The trumpet is there as well. The trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ shall rise. And those of us that remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be forever with the Lord. And a few of you look excited about it. We are going to be with the Lord. It's, this, is, this, is, this chapter, folks, it is mud. It's terrible stuff that's going to happen. And it will happen. And it is happening in some countries already. And I do believe it will get worse in our country. And I do believe it will get worse worldwide. Because I believe that's what scripture teaches. But even in the worst of times, Hundreds and thousands and millions of people will come to Christ and come to know him as their Lord and Saviour. And the culmination of it all is that we should be caught up to meet the Lord. And so will we be forever with the Lord. One man looked out through prison bars, or two men, one saw mud. It's here, isn't it? Warfare, natural disaster, persecution. The other saw stars. The light of the world, the light of the world is coming and we shall be caught up to meet him in the air. Are you ready? Are you ready? You see, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, and that's why he died, that's why he came. If you do not know the Lord Jesus as your personal saviour, you're not ready. I'm saying things are going to get worse. But how much worse before he comes? I have no idea. Some people think he's coming, he's very, very close. Others may think it's still hundreds of years away. I haven't a clue. All I know is that I'm glad I'm ready if he comes today. I don't think he's coming today. I think things are going to get worse before then. But supposing he comes today, are you ready? Do you know the Lord Jesus as your saviour and Lord? Do you know he paid the price for your sin? And you're forgiven and accepted. And even as a Christian, are you living in such a way? You'd be so glad to see him come. Or are you going to think, oh, I wish I hadn't been doing that when he came. I wish I hadn't been living like that when he came. Some of you may remember an old song by, was it Larry Norman? Was it Larry Norman? I wish we'd all been ready. Life was filled with guns and war. And was it talk about the carpet on the floor? Everyone got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd all been ready. That's my challenge to you today. Are you ready? And if any of you aren't ready, 
You can be ready today. If any of you don't know the Lord Jesus as your own saviour, please come and have a chat with me or somebody else you came with today. Get it right. Get yourself ready. Just in case it's today. In case it's tomorrow. And Christian, if you're living in such a way as you act, the reality is you're ashamed of how you're living, sort it out with the Lord. Let's realise, no matter how much mud there is to come, hallelujah, it's the light of the world who is coming again. And we learnt, a few of you didn't know this, and we learnt it a few weeks ago, it spoke there in this chapter, and it also speaks in... Um, Thessalonians, of the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ shall rise. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. Stand and sing with us. an extra chorus to that when the roll is called up yonder we'll be filled with joy and wonder when we see the countless number some of every tribe and nation will be there I'm not going to try and sing that now but you know we'll be filled with joy and wonder when we see the countless number some of every tribe and nation will be there make sure you are make sure you are Lord we just thank you we thank you for the glorious prospect, that which awaits us, to be with you forever. In the meantime, Lord, none of us know individually what we may have to go through. Help us, Lord, to keep strong in yourself and live for your glory. Now we commit each other to your care and to your keeping and to your service in Jesus' name. To leave a comment, please go to mindhead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.